As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So there's a war going on outside that no man is safe from. It don't matter if you three feet or eight one. Nah, I'm just kidding. What's up, y'all? Um, it's Eddie Johnson here. We back again. It's episode two, uh, season three. Um, so yeah, with that little quote, right? That was, you know, some some old music I used to listen to. I'm sure some of you guys um, are familiar with that. But on a serious note, it is true though. There is a war going on, and it don't matter who you are. It don't matter what you look like. It don't matter. Uh, what your title is. It don't matter how much money you have, how many possessions you have. Um, there is a war, you know, and there's been a war since the beginning of time, really. It's a spiritual war that I'm speaking of. And um, when it comes to war, when it comes to any type of battle, any type of combat, any type of competition, um, you need to be prepared uh, for that if you need to be victorious, that is. And when we're speaking of a spiritual war, there is one thing that needs to be um, in order for you to be victorious. And that is to have your spiritual eyes opened. You know, um, when it comes to the spiritual realm, obviously that's something that you can't see, but you know that it's at work. Just kind of like the wind, you know, you can't see the wind, but you know it's there, you know, because you can feel it or you can see something move. You see, you know, during the fall time, you see the, the, the leaves falling from the trees and blowing all over the place. So you know that the wind is at work. So just um, just like that, in a spiritual war, there is the unseen, but it's the most powerful. You know, those are the things. The spiritual realm is what moves the physical realm, right? And um, in order to be prepared, like I said, you need to have uh, your spiritual eyes need to be opened. Um, there's a, a bunch of stories in scripture, and you, y'all know me, I, I always like to refer back to scripture because that is the blueprint, that is the foundation, right? And um, there's a few stories in scripture where you can see whether someone's spiritual eyes were open or whether they were closed, whether they, was, they were light or they, whether their eyes were darkened. And um, there's a story in John chapter five, 
when Jesus uh, healed the blind man, right? And um, during that during that time, uh, the the Pharisees and Jesus, basically the religious elite, if you will, they had a problem because Jesus healed this man on the Sabbath. And according to uh, the Ten Commandments, you weren't supposed to do anything on the Sabbath. But being that this is Jesus and Jesus is God, uh, he's able to do whatever he wants to do. And so the Pharisees had an issue and they said, you know, basically they wanted to come because of that, you know, because he did something on the Sabbath. But they have to think like, really, you guys are mad at this man for healing someone, period, you know, when, no matter what day it was. You're upset that he healed them or because he did work on this. You know, that's crazy. So it's safe to say that these, the, the Pharisees and, and teachers of the law, that their eyes, their spiritual eyes were darkened. Um, I like to think that maybe they knew who Jesus was. You know, like I say, the spiritual eyes were darkened and that they didn't realize that this was Christ. This was the one that was prophesied of. Um, I like to think also that maybe they, they knew who Jesus was, but they were so power hungry that they didn't want to give up their authority because they knew that all, everyone would cease listening to them and go for what Jesus had to say because you know, the miracles he performed and just his doctrine in general was like that of something that they'd never heard before. It was so pure. It was coming directly from heaven, directly from, from the throne. And like I said, you could tell by just by that interaction that their spiritual eyes were, were closed. Um, and the reason, you know, why, again, why our spiritual eyes need to be open is because our salvation depends on it. You know, uh, we're living during the time of revelation and that is truly war. You know, like, like I said, there's always been war from the beginning of time between God and Satan, between good and evil. But now more than ever, because this is the time leading up to Christ's return, that everything is ramped up even more so. The enemy is really um, on, on, on turbo mode or on, in hyperdrive because he understands that his time truly is coming to an end. Um, so that's why it requires us to really be aware and have discernment and be alert for what is truly going on. Um, there's a story, um, you know, and another reason why our eyes need to be open because when we when we receive this gospel, we have to combine it with faith. If our eyes are closed and our spiritual eyes are closed, then we won't understand it. We won't have faith in this gospel that we're hearing and it'll prevent us from entering into the kingdom. So that's important, obviously, when it comes to your salvation and when it comes to your eternity. I've said it before, uh, eternity is a long time and it's a long time to be wrong, you know? Um, I also said it before, like, if I'm wrong about my faith and, and my belief in the word of God, then I just wasted my life. But if you go against that and you're wrong, then you wasted your eternity. And, you know, that's like I said, that's a long time to be wrong. That's a long time to incur that uh, punishment for rejecting Christ, for rejecting that cornerstone, you know? And that's something that we need to uh, truly be sure of and, and, and Make sure that we are on the right track, you know. Um, excuse me. So there's a story um, that really um, maybe some of you have heard it, maybe some haven't. 
but um, just hearing this in 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 church this previous Sunday, it really opened up my eyes to a lot. Um, because you know, let's let's get into the story. So and then and then I'll make my comments on it. So um, this is in Second Kings chapter second um, kings chapter six so this is this story is about uh, elisha who was a prophet and um there was a, a an enemy king that wanted him that basically wanted him dead because of um because of who he was you know because of what he was prophesying and um you know he, he had the servant with him i'm i'm, I'm going to read it but i just want to kind of break it down really quick but he had a servant with him and it was only two men so the king sent his whole army after elisha and his servant so you can imagine it's like two against like twenty thousand, or you know i'm just throwing it i ran the number out there but it was uh you know the numbers were were it was obvious that they didn't you know physically speaking Elisha did not have the favorable number, you know, of people. So it starts in Second uh, Kings chapter six, verse thirteen. It says, "Forgive my my honey, she's over there. She she wants to talk to, but she can't. It's not her turn yet." <laughs> so okay, um, chapter Second uh, Kings chapter six, verse thirteen. It says, "This is the king." Um, the, the the king the opposing king the king of syria and he said go and spy where he is he being elisha that i may send and fetch him and it was told him saying behold he is in dothan therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host and they came by night and compassed the city about and when the servant of the man of god was risen early and gone forth behold an host compassed the city both with horses and chariots and the servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite this people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. And Elisha said unto them, This is not the way, neither is this the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. But he led them to Samaria. So just to pause right there. Those that are with us are more than those that are with them. You know, that's that's important to understand and to really have faith in. Again, this is a spiritual warfare, right? And if we believe in the word of God, if we believe who God is, then we have to know that as long as we are on his side and as long as he is using us and working through us, and as long as we know him and know his will, that we don't have to worry about anything. Um, you could think of the story of David and Goliath. Goliath is a giant, David is a little boy, really, and he he was fearless because he knew that the God of the armies of heaven was with him and that no one would be able to stand against the, the God of the armies of heaven, the God who created all things. And so that's a, a boldness that we have to have, uh, especially during these last times, because 
the enemy is seeking to devour everything. That's what scripture says, you know? And um, if there's any type of, you know, sink in your armor, if there's any type of area that is exposed, the enemy is most certainly going to attack that. And he's not going to attack it like, oh, just one time. He's going to keep on coming there, you know, because he knows that there's an opening. And so when it comes to, you know, this, this battle, we have to be bold and really we have to have the full armor of battle. That's how we defeat uh, any of the enemy's tactics, any of Satan's tactics is by knowing the word, by knowing God's will and knowing what our end, you know, what our hope is. What, what, what are we hoping for? We're hoping to be in the kingdom of heaven at the end of time, you know? And so um, just having those, again, this is, this all comes down to having uh, your spiritual eyes opened, especially during this time of war. So this servant, his, Elisha's servant, his eyes were not open, but Elisha prayed that they would be opened. And the Lord granted that, and he was able to see. And it's safe to say that he was strengthened in that and knowing that, hey, okay, we, 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 we outnumber them. God is with us, the God of of all things he's with us and they can't defeat us so you know that that makes you poke your chest out a little bit no matter what it looks like you know no matter how bad the opposition may seem we know that there's nothing too much for the lord and when we have faith in that we know that we will be victorious right so i'm gonna just finish off this is a couple more verses this is verse 20 it says and it came to pass when they were coming to samaria that Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes, and I'm talking about the, the opposing army. And the Lord opened their eyes, and they saw, and behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. And the king of Israel said unto Elisha when he saw them, My father, shall I smite them? Shall I smite them? And he answered, Thou shalt not smite them. Wouldest thou smite those whom thou hast taken captive with thy sword and with thy bow? set bread and water before them that they may eat and drink and go to their master. And he prepared great provision for them. And when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away and they went to their master. So the bands of Syria came no more into the land of Israel. And I think that is, that's huge, right? So you think, you know, you are right. Somebody really has it out for us. They really dislike us for whatever reason. And they will go to an extent of trying to, you know, defame our character and dirty our name and, you know, just speak all these, you know, say lies about us um, to whomever, to whomever will listen just to, to dirty our character and have, our, have us looking bad, you know. And then say one day, unfortunately for them, they fall on hard times where, they got a family to feed, but they had they lost their job, and you know the the bills are due. Maybe they they're facing eviction or whatever the case may be. And then you catch wind of it, and you're like, you know what, man, I got you here. You got a family. I'll give you this money, this whatever, however I can help you. I just want to help you out because I don't want to see anyone fall on hard times, right? And that person could think like, wow, no, I was this, you know. I was evil to this person. I, I did so bad by this person, but yet they want to help me. You know, I did nothing to deserve this. In fact, they could look at me and laugh and be like, ha ha, look what you get. You know, this is what you get for everything that you've done to me. You know, this is that's kind of what happened here with Elisha. These men were literally out for blood. They were going to kill him. But yet he understood that he had 
that the army was handling with him. He understood that the Lord was with him. And what he was able to do was overcome evil with good. You know, um, he was able to look past all of that and still was, was kind to them. You know, he still gave them food and water. He could have sent them out to die, you know, or, or asked the Lord to have them killed. And instead, he just asked them to be blind so that, you know, things could work out in his favor. And that's that's a that's a big step, you know. Again, those are that's having your spiritual eyes open when you can overlook that and understand what the bigger picture is. Yeah, this person may have been, you know, have done you wrong, but at the end of the day, the main goal is to win them over to the Lord, and that is that's the sign of a mature believer. And again, that's the sign of a person having their spiritual eyes open, understanding the bigger picture, understanding what God's will is and what our duty is as believers in Christ is, again, to spread the gospel, to to help others to come into the knowledge of what we have. And, um, you know, that is, um, I just want to read this, this is Romans chapter 12, verse 19, 21. It says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thy enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt be cold of fire on his head. Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. And um, I just want to bring that up because, again, we just spoke on the story with Elisha, where he did overcome evil with good. He didn't allow for the enemy to... Uh, infiltrate his heart and his mind and say, yeah, they deserve to be dead and, you know, you should do something to get them, you know, to get them back, basically. You know, he, uh, essentially, he gave that over to the Lord, you know. When you're when you're upset and when you try to go tit for tat or when you try to, you know, have payback, see, I always, I always thought of it and I thank God that, you know, I was never in any type of situation like that where, I had to defend myself against somebody because they hated me or whatever, because I'm the type of person where, and, and, and you know, this comes from, I think I told my wife this before, like this comes from me growing up in, in, in martial arts and stuff like that, where you fight, not, not you don't start a fight, but you finish it and you finish it until, it's com until the threat is completely over. And I would be the person to take it to that extent, you know, if it was, say, something in the streets or something, you know, something of, of that magnitude, right? I would take it to the furthest extent to cancel that out, whether that means you got to be paralyzed or, unfortunately, you have to lose your life. That's what it has to be because I don't want to keep on going back and forth. And that's the thing. When you take matters into your own hands, especially when it comes to being angry or having disagreements with someone, then you continue to go back and forth until you know until it, it, it's at its worst and nobody wants to deal with that so the best thing and it's hard it's not an easy thing because again we're all human and we do you know we, we're all human we want to get back at people for the wrong that they caused to us but at the end of the day it's not right and when you think about it god's judgment is perfect so whatever happens to a person that did wrong to you that god has allowed us to happen it was right. It was supposed to happen. And that was what was called for. And because God did it, God knows all. He's perfect. His judgment is perfect. So, and then you would be more content with it being like, you know, I didn't have anything to do with it. The Lord handled it. And, you know, whatever happened, that's what, that's just what it was, you know. And you still wish people well, you know. And that's essentially 
what happened here with Elisha. So that's another example, again, another example of during this spiritual warfare, because again, there's going to be things that happen to you during these times to get you off. You know, the enemy wants to infiltrate, you know, the enemy, the enemy wants to, um, he wants to disrupt your life. He wants to cause you to uh, do things that are unbecoming because he understands that take us taking it into our own hands. That's us trying to play God at the end of the day, whether it sounds crazy, it may sound you know crazy, but it's true. When we try to avenge ourselves, we're trying to play God. We're trying to play the judge ultimately and give people what we think they deserve. When really we deserve a lot of, a, a lot of punishment ourselves for the many things that we've done, you know? So that is, um, that's an, an important thing to understand and to remember uh, during this time, uh, during this, this spiritual warfare. You know, um, there's a, there's a couple other more scriptures that I want that I do want to go over, just to further highlight, um, just to further highlight what what we're speaking, with the topic at hand. Um, so again, in Ephesians chapter six. Uh, verse 12, um, it says, basically, we're in a spiritual war. You know, we're not at, we're not at war against flesh and blood, but against uh, principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. So you got to remember that people are motivated by, you know, a, it, it may sound a little funny, but people are moved by this, by the spiritual realm, you know. Um, I, I've said it before, I think that the music, first of all, there is a spiritual aspect to music and pop music and rap music and stuff like that. There's a spirit behind that. And it, whether people want to admit it or not, th that those types of, you know, especially with the youth now, you know, again, it's the, you know, the drill music and the shoot, kill, murder, all that craziness, sell drugs, all that stuff. That's a spirit. And it's meant to destroy, you know. Um, and unfortunately, these 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 artists they are influenced by that, and that they influence the masses, the kids. And so we have to understand that that's what we're up against. We're up against a spirit, you know, a, a spiritual warfare at the end of the day. And it takes for someone to understand that and to understand that we need to counteract that with the Holy Spirit, and we need to put on this full armor. We need to take ourselves away from those influences because we understand that the influence is very strong and it can it can definitely, you know, grab you up and wrap you up very quickly without really you knowing or, or without you um understanding what what has what has happened until maybe it's too late. And so um you know that's just it's an important aspect, you know. I um, mean in Ephesians chapter five um, verse, really verse 15, um, it talks about, you know, who, what, the, what the enemy's goal really is, right? So chapter five, verse 15, it says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the spirit. So. The days are evil, you know, the time time is short. Um we, we we need to live correctly during during these times, especially now because 
again, like the word says, the days are evil. Time is running short for the enemy. So there's a lot of things going on that are meant to distract you and get you off and, you know, really to blind you, to darken your spiritual eyes. Um, so we need to have our eyes open to understanding what the enemy is doing, what his tactics are, how he's working. You know, again, when you're when you're in war or when you're in competition, in order to be victorious, you have to know what your enemy, what the enemy is going to do, so you know how to block it and you know how to counteract. You know how you know how to uh, be on the defensive and also on the offensive on how to counteract it. You know, um, again, this is uh, like I said. As a believer in Christ, we're supposed to uh, continue to further the gospel, continue to testify. And it's easy, I know for me, to to kind of be discouraged a little bit when maybe somebody isn't this receptive of, you know, whatever it is that I'm saying pertaining to the word. And it's easy to be like, man, you know what? Okay, let me just stop and kind of not deal with them anymore. But hearing this, you know, hearing... Hearing this sermon on Sunday, it's like you have to understand, again, when we have faith in the word, we understand that that the Lord is with us, that the armies of heaven are with us, and that it may not, it's not going to be easy either because there's so many, you know, there's a, there's a war. So the enemy is trying to get at this person just as much as the Holy Spirit is trying, is, is, is seeking to draw this person. You know, but at the end of the day, we understand that the Lord is always victorious. So whoever he wants to call, whoever he draws in will be found. But it may be a little muddy along the way. It may be a little, some, some difficulties and things along the way. But at the end of the day, we know that um, God is victorious. And as long as we have our spiritual eyes open and we are on the side of victory, you know, we are on the Lord's side, that we will be victorious, you know. And um, those of us that are led by, by God's spirit, we will live in harmony. You know, we'll live... Um, you know, our, eyes, our spiritual eyes will be open and we'll be able to live in a way that is pleasing to the Lord that um, allows us to be victorious. Um, I like, um, we finished off um, another another few verses in Ephesians, just kind of speaking about um, kind of what living in harmony is. Um, you know, um, in uh, Ephesians chapter it's 5.22 and 5.25, um, and then also chapter 6, uh, verse 1 and verse 5. So this is what harmony is. You know, this is how things are supposed to be. So, you know, wives are supposed to submit yourself to your own husbands as unto the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. And then in um, chapter 6, and it, it also it talks about servants. Now they're supposed to conduct themselves, you know, you're doing it for the Lord, not for man. And really, that's just um, that's just someone that is uh, living at home, living according to where they, their spiritual eyes are open during this time of warfare. And they understand who is in control. You know, they, they are willing to submit to the Lord's uh, will and how things are supposed to be. And they live in harmony in that. And then living in harmony in that means you're going to live in harmony with others. And it would be easier for you to live during this time of spiritual warfare. Um, so, again, you know, we have to understand that we need uh, the Holy Spirit to 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 open up our eyes and 
to keep us aware and alert and awake and on guard. You know, we need the armor of God. We need the word of God in order to be victorious um, in the spiritual war. So, yeah, man, I just wanted to come on here and talk to you guys about that a little bit. There's something that I know the Lord, um, the Lord wanted me to share. Because again, these are crazy times we're living in. It ain't going to get any easier. It's always going to get worse and worse as time goes on. So it's best for us to be prepared, you know, to be on guard because, you know, we, you know, like with the whole pandemic, that caught everyone off guard and threw everyone for a loop, even in the body of Christ, you know, um, making people kind of forsake what they have professed to believe in. And that is a lot, has a lot to do with us not having our spiritual sight correct or, or fully focused on God's will and on his word and on what our end goal is and that is to enter into the kingdom of heaven so let's um let's work on that y'all that's something that I have absolutely have to continue to remind myself of and work on myself and I'm um, asking the Lord to really keep my eyes open and have help me give me sight to see and that's something my wife and I pray frequently is for the Lord to give us ears to hear and eyes what he's saying, what he's showing us, and what his will is, what he wants us to do uh, for him, the work that we need to do for him, you know, and that, again, that is having your spiritual eyes open, is knowing God's will, knowing his word, and doing the work that he has commanded you to do, so, yeah, with that being said, man, I just appreciate you guys for listening, I hope this blesses you all, as, you know, as, as always, it blesses me, <laughs> and, um, yeah, man, so, Y'all take care. Y'all have a blessed day, a blessed week, blessed evening. Um, enjoy this. Let me know what you guys think. Give me some feedback. And um, you guys be safe. Yo, yo. Yo, yo. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.